It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. New amenities are inbound to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, but will you, the regular fan, be able to enjoy them? Well, if you own a company, maybe so. We'll talk about that. We'll also catch up with BYU defensive ends coach Preston Hadley, part two of our conversation, as promised on today's show, and a whole lot of other news to catch up on with the weekend here. Utah high school football underway, women's soccer beginning their season in earnest. We got all of it ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Reminder that today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has got you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. It's so much fun to talk Cougar football, Cougar basketball, and everything in between with you guys on the daily. As mentioned, my name is Jake. I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah. By way of introduction, I have been covering BYU professionally for well over a decade at this point in my career and absolutely love doing this show. The goal here, simply stated, is to make you the smartest BYU fan in the room. So a big thank you once again for taking the time to download the show. All right, let's talk a little BYU football and more importantly, facility upgrades for the BYU football program coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU Athletics announcing uh, yesterday that they are going to add two new amenities for their corporate sponsors. So These are two things that you, the everyday fan, yours truly included, likely will not have access to unless you have a boss who happens to be running in the corporate circle world with BYU Athletics. But I can tell you this much, based on what I understand of the announcement from BYU, these are two really cool upgrades I think that are coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The first thing is uh, the sponsor hospitality area, formerly known as the Blue Zone. Many of you know it was on the south uh, western side of the stadium. Many of you probably saw that underneath the west stands over there. It's going to be remodeled and rebranded as Club 22, recognizing BYU's first intercollegiate football team that began competition in 1922, 100 years ago. Beginning with the 2022 football season, Club 22 will feature dining areas, lounge lounge seating, all-inclusive food and beverage service, access to exclusive BYU Athletics merchandise, oh, okay, that's not bad, and more. In 2023, they're also going to add a booth seating, a fireplace, and a candy wall that'll be coming next year. Now, that's actually not a bad thing because the Blue Zone, it had been outdated for many, many years. I don't mean that uh, derogatory or or just mean-spirited. It just got old, and that's what happens. You have to uh, refresh things and update things, the, the renderings for this, for Club 22, make it look absolutely phenomenal. I'm excited to see it in person. Uh, obviously, Baylor will be the first game BYU fans can, be, can see at least the outside of it. If you're lucky enough to be on the inside, props to you. But they also are going to add what they're calling the Champions Terrace. That is going to be debuting. It's going to be in the a high elevated platform linking the north and east stands of the stadium. So essentially opposite corner from Club 22 here. It'll feature lounge seating with a view of the field, canopy coverage, and access to amenities available throughout the game. The new area will host upwards of 100 guests and be accessible to corporate pon- spon- excuse me, corporate partners in the Champions Club, which is BYU Athletics' highest sponsorship level. So essentially, it's a pleasure deck. That, that's what's going to be going in there. And that began construction. They're putting that canopy up. It's been ongoing since the spring. So... 
I'm I'm appreciative of BYU continuing to look at ways to upgrade upgrade Lavelle Edwards Stadium, both for the regular fan and in this case for the corporate sponsors. Uh, the biggest thing is you've got to stay relevant. That that that's the thing with BYU athletics and every college football program out there. You've got to leverage what you've got to work with. Lavelle Lavelle Edwards Stadium is it an older stadium? Yes, it is. But I think BYU has done a pretty magnificent job making sure it stayed as uh, relevant as they possibly can make it. Uh, one other thing I want to pass along to you guys on that front is that BYU obviously upgraded the uh, scoreboards just last season. Before that, they put in NFL-style Wi-Fi. So the Cougars, they're doing everything they possibly can to make sure that you, the fan, when you go out there to LES, are able to enjoy the game as much as you possibly can. I know, and many of you out there probably have uh, made the decision at some point uh, down the line you know what, I can stay at home, eat my own food, not have to drive, pay for parking, all that stuff, and not have to go to the game and watch it on your big screen TV and have, quote-unquote, the best seat in the house because of all the different cameras and whatnot, the high definition that exists out there in television land. I get all of that, but there are still thousands of you. It's a 63,000-seat stadium, and BYU, when they have a 50,000-seat crowd, all of the boo-birds come out, oh, there's nobody at the game. There's still 50,000 people that show up, and that's on a bad day. It's like the worst day for BYU. So... It's a really, really cool thing that BYU is trying to leverage here. Would I like to see more amenities like what we just talked about, that that Champions Deck as well as Club 22, accessible to the everyday fan? Absolutely. That That's the thing about this is, is corporate sponsors, they're absolutely critical. And I think the next thing that BYU needs to announce they're doing is a revamp of the loges, the boxes they have up above the West Stands. Those bad boys, you talk about uh, Club 22 or, or was the Blue Zone being outdated. The loges, folks, they're not bad, but they are not special in any way, shape, perform. And I say that as a guy who sits in the press box every game. So I'm speaking from a position of privilege. I'll, I'll be very clear about that. But I think the biggest thing is BYU's trying to make sure that they keep uh, the amenities at LES as relevant as possible so that you, the fan, still feel like you're getting your money's worth when you get out there to watch the Cougars play. My one plea, outside of upgrading the boxes, that's for the more of the corporate side of things, for the everyday fan, this is my one plea. I, I know it would cause all kinds of consternation because it would obviously drop the overall attendance uh, figures because it wouldn't have as many capacity because of the bench seating. You need to put chair seating in the entire uh, football stadium outside of the student section. That is what BYU needs to do. It may lower seating capacity by five, I don't know how many thousand uh, seats, because obviously being able to pack people onto bleachers is much easier than having all those individual chair backs. BYU, that's the one thing for the everyday fan that I would request is to make sure that they look at all feasible options outside of the student section to add chair back seating. It's kind of the way of the future. Gone are the days. And trust me, I'm a dude who's grew up for many, many years uh, sitting in those bleachers and having a guy's knees in, or a gal's knees in my back and in turn my knees in somebody else's back. It's no fun to crowd yourself onto those bleachers and have to endure the game that way. The chair backs are much needed. There are many chair backs throughout the stadium. I already know that, but they need to upgrade the entire thing, sans the student section, with those chair backs. That, that's my one thing, I think, for the everyday fan out there. I think it's the one thing that many of you probably will agree with that probably needs to be done post-haste. And obviously, that would require a big influx of cash. Ooh, hey, we're going to the Big 12. There's the influx of cash. And also some time to get that done, but get to it. That's the biggest thing I think BYU needs to look at for the normal quote-unquote 
John Doe or Jane Doe out there fan that's attending these games. All right, coming up here in just a minute, though, we need to talk a little bit about tomorrow's scrimmage. It's the first scrimmage for the BYU football program of training camp. We'll also uh, hear part two of my conversation from earlier this week with Preston Hadley. We'll get to all of that here momentarily. First, though, a word on our friends over at Bet Online. As I mentioned, they're the title sponsor of today's show. They are the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf, my friends. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have got you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action available today. That's courtesy of Bet Online, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys taking the time to check out this show. It's so much fun to sit down and talk BYU sports on the daily. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about BYU's first scrimmage coming up tomorrow. I'm anticipating they will be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They traditionally, when they have these scrimmages, they get the players over there to the stadium, get them that uh, game-type atmosphere. Uh, I do understand that some high-level Cougar Club members, I'm talking like the highest levels of the Cougar Club, I don't know what they call the different tiers up there, the Silver Cougar. I don't even know what they call it anymore. Uh, those folks will actually be able to be in attendance at that game. So I guess keep your eye on the various message boards and the BYU slash Cougar Nation fan base uh, for updates from uh, BYU's first scrimmage. I'll be talking to some of our practice insiders and hopefully getting some information for you guys I can pass to you uh, as we get through the weekend and get you an update on how the scrimmage went. There will be media availability, albeit via Zoom for us in the media tomorrow afternoon, that's Saturday afternoon, uh, we'll be able to catch up with the Kalani Satake and some of the players and we'll obviously be able to ask them some questions. They will obviously overgeneralize everything and try to conceal what actually happened at the uh, at the scrimmage, but I think the biggest thing for BYU in this scrimmage is to make sure that guys get a real good look, and, and especially with the younger players, get a real good feel for where they are at right now. Uh, we've heard from Kalani Satake, Aaron Roderick, Lysa Tuiaki, etc., that BYU installed a lot of their schemes, both offensively and defensively. Aaron Roderick said it day four, it was earlier this week, the fourth day of BYU fall camp. He says, we've already installed 90% of our offense. He says, it's the fastest we've ever done it. We felt like it was something we owed to our older players. We didn't want them waiting around for these young players to get up to speed. So I think this type of a scrimmage is very important for the young guys. They've had essentially two weeks now to digest all of that install. How much of it have they retained? What can they do? What do they know? What do they not know? I think that's what BYU will focus on in the scrimmage. Obviously there will be players looking to prove that their spot on the depth chart is justified. I think there are many uh, position groups that have already established the firm pecking order. Quarterback, running back, the receiving 
core offensive line. You can kind of pretty much go down all these defensive, uh, excuse me, offensive position groups and say, okay, there's a pretty clear delineation about, okay, who's the ones, who's the twos. But the bigger question I think is on the defensive side of the football, where are some of the backups, especially the linebackers, as well as the defensive line, the twos and threes there, this is the type of scrimmage for them to go out and show what they can do. As I said, the retaining, what kind of information have they retained from the install? Do they know their assignments? Do they know how to uh, compete? Uh, no, do, not do, do they know how to compete. They're Division One football players. They know how to compete. Will they uh, be able to, I guess, compete under adverse circumstances? Because you now have the pressure of being in a game-like atmosphere with guys blocking you if you're a defensive lineman. Linebackers obviously trying to navigate through all the traffic to make plays. That is where you start to see guys either emerge or understand that, okay, maybe they need a little more time to get things under their belt, and that may move them down the depth chart a little bit in terms of their opportunities for more playing time. But there are big opportunities all across the board for BYU in the scrimmage. And like I said, we'll have a full recap for you as much as we possibly can muster on Monday's edition of the podcast. Unless I get a burr up in my rear end and decided to do a special edition over the weekend. Can't count that out. So we'll keep you updated throughout the weekend on everything that we have covered for you guys. All right, time now to let you hear from Preston Hadley, part two of a conversation I had with him earlier this week. Uh, some great stuff on the defensive ends in particular. This part, yesterday we talked more about general for the overall uh, position group. In this part, we talked more about specific players, guys like Tyler Batty and how they're looking. So here you go, part two with BYU defensive ends coach Preston Hadley. I think we have a lot to prove. I mean, still got some bad taste in our mouth from last year. I'm just there were some games where we didn't do a good enough job stopping the run, you know. I mean, usually, you know, when a team gashes in the run, you know, everyone wants to point at the D-line first, and we look at ourselves first. You know, there, there might be other other factors that are are included there, but, yeah, I mean, we, we have a lot to prove. I, I think just, and all the guys know, we, we weren't good enough last year up front. There was times when we did a good job, but consistently uh, we need to be better, and I, I like the trajectory. The trajectory that we're on um, at the tackle and the DN spot and I think with all the experience you know I think with from the COVID year to just the heavy rotation of guys that we have last year I mean we have a lot of really good players that might be a three right now but they could easily I mean we feel good about it being the starting rotation you know so a lot, a lot to prove still though. Talk to me about Tyler Batty where is he improved the most I guess from last year to this year so far in your opinion? Um, well, he's really changed his body. He looks different. He's, he's a lot heavier. Um, and I actually think he's he's really, I thought he spent a lot of time just working on his hip mobility. And I, I think he's able to bend a lot better than he did last year and still maintain his twitch at a heavier weight. And he's more powerful, too. If you, I mean, his weight numbers are, have improved as well. And so I, I think just that's the first thing when you look at him, he just looks like a like his body's just different, you know, and, and it, he's bigger and, and he still maintained the, the same body composition. Um, and just this overall uh, understanding of our defense, you know, last year, Batty played, he lined up a lot at the big end spot. Um, right now we have an OE, which includes guys dropping in coverage a lot. And, you know, he, and that's another area. I think he has a better understanding of route concepts and just, it's a feel thing. And I think he has a better feel for just understanding where he needs to be, how a, a quarterback's trying to attack a coverage. Um, I think he's improved in that way. And then he's just, like I said, he's just a violent player. He's, he's got more pop when he strikes you. Um, I think he's a lot harder to move and he's just as twitchy as he's, as he's always been. Who's playing opposite him most often? So right now, who's running with the first group? And again, it's just the first. We have four guys in the first group, but it's uh, Earl Mariner and John Nelson are the two big ends. And so those two are, are I mean, like I said, we'll, we'll, 
I don't know who the starter is, you know, but it's just my group. So, but Earl and John are opposite end of the batty. How do you kind of balance the, the need to get sacks versus stopping the run and everything like that? I know that's probably a question you get a lot. Like, what, what is your thoughts on that? Oh, man, you got to – I don't have an answer for that because, yeah, anytime we talk about sacks, just people are not happy with me, I feel like. So, we, we want to get as many sacks as we can. We want to stop the run at the best we can, and we want to keep the points down the best we can, period. There you go, Preston Hadley, BYU defensive ends coach, and I, I had to leave that last question in there. You can tell he is – fielded all kinds of questions about the sack rates for defensive ends. He says that we want to keep points down. I've talked about this. Scoring defense is the most important defense for BYU. Keep the other team's points at a minimum. You talked about, he talked about that. He said we want to keep points down. Sacks are big. Uh, turnovers are big. Obviously being able to uh, limit the rush attack, all that stuff is, is huge for BYU's defensive output. But the bigger thing, I think, as he points to, is you just want to make sure that in the overall scheme of this defense, you're doing what's necessary to win the football games. Uh, Your... Obvious, uh, obviously, any of you out there, uh, your philosophy for BYU defensively may differ, and I know a number of you, including myself, uh, differ on how BYU schemes things. I'm, I'm a guy, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I think BYU needs to sit by uh, a certain lineup in terms of a, it's a four-man alignment, a three-man alignment along their defensive front, and go from there. They move it all the time. A four-man, a five-man, they've run uh, six-man fronts. The, the versatility, I get why you'd have that, but I feel like in certain circumstances, it more confuses the guys than giving them opportunities to really master their craft. So I am of the opinion that, yes, the overall uh, scheme of BYU's defense is not necessarily how I would operate, but I'm not the one in the chair there that's making those calls. That's a guy like Elisa Tuiaki who's making that call, and by extension, a guy like Preston Hadley is in the mix as well, coaching BYU's defensive ends slash hybrids. So I appreciate him taking the time. Also interesting to hear him talk about the fact that Tyler Batty has moved positions, but I can tell you this much. Watching Tyler Batty move, he looks like he's got uh, more athleticism, but at the same time, he's a bigger dude than I've ever seen. He's always been a big kid. When I think he got home from his mission, he's already, what, six foot five, two sixty. 260? Uh, he's probably weighing closer to 280 now. He is a well-put-together athlete, and he looks like he is really intent on having a breakout season this year for BYU. Does that mean he ultimately decides to jump to the NFL? After the season, only time will tell. I still think he needs to uh, prove he can be a consistent player, more production, the consistent factor because he's had injury concerns, that type of stuff. But also uh, good to hear the guys like Earl Tuioti Mariner as well as John Nelson are showing well as well so far in training camp. So tomorrow... Big day, I think, especially for BYU's defense. This is going up against one of the maybe the best uh, BYU offensive lines they've ever faced. Uh, one of the best BYU offensive lines in program history. That's a big opportunity for you as a defensive line to go out there and make a name for yourself in front of these coaches. So I very much look forward to hearing some of the reports out of BYU's uh, first scrimmage on Saturday. Obviously, we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll continue to cover everything. Uh, we'll have sound and uh, analysis that we can, whatever we can muster. If anybody wants to, by the way. Uh, just uh, we're talking here just between ourselves. Uh, if you want to film that scrimmage, if you're a high level booster for the BYU uh, Cougar Club and you want, you know, just want to send it along to yours truly, I wouldn't say no. Let's just put it that way. All right, well, we'll keep you updated though on everything else going on. All right, we got a lot of other stuff to cover on today's show, including an update on a four star prospect for the BYU men's basketball program. Uh, the Cougars make the cut there. We also got to talk about BYU women's soccer opening their season in earnest this weekend, as well as a tip if you if you're a guy who likes high school football. <coughs> 
and obviously the connection with BYU football recruiting. I got a couple of games you may be interested in attending uh, tonight if you have a night free. We'll talk about that as we continue on here with Locked On Cougars. But first, a word on our friends over at Intercap Lending. And there's a reason that no lender helps more families in the state of Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap Lending. The reason Intercap gets deals done, my friend, they've, my friends, they feature a quick and simple process, closing loans two weeks faster on average than the industry. And the best part is, although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the consumer. That's what Locked On's personal loan officer at Intercap Lending, Steve Carter, has been delivering to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including Locked On founder David Locke. And although Intercap Lending has been working with us here on Locked On Cougars for almost a year now, they are not a fly-by-night organization, folks. They've got 44 years of experience behind them. They are founded in 1978. They are based in Utah, but licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states. Many of you right now are probably looking at interest rates and deciding, you know, maybe I want to do something. Now is the time to get on it. Reach out to Steve. He'd love nothing more than to help you guys out. His direct line, 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. If you want to learn more, you can go to intercaplending.com or you can email Steve, scarter intercaplending.com as well. And the good news is if you tell him that you're a Locked On Cougars listener or Jake Hatch told you to reach out to Intercap Lending, you get a corporate rate discount from our friends at Intercap Lending. So once again, any and all questions, you can direct them to Steve, his direct line, 385-800-8528. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, before we go here on today's show, let's catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports. We'll start off with this. The number three ranked BYU women's soccer program is traveling to North Carolina to face the Tar Heels tomorrow in an exhibition match. Uh, that'll be at Dorrance Field there in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. The matchup is scheduled for 6 p.m. Eastern time. That's 4 o'clock Mountain Time tomorrow afternoon. The game will be carried live on BYURadio.org and the BYU Radio app. Greg Rubel is traveling down there to North Carolina for this matchup. It's a huge one because North Carolina, for an exhibition match, matchup. This is about as good as you get. It's a top 10 matchup. BYU number three in the country coming off that appearance in the College Cup final a year ago. North Carolina, one of the true blue bloods of women's soccer. They're ranked number 10. So this is a big opportunity for BYU. So like I said, if you want to tune into this, BYURadio.org or the BYU Radio app beginning at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. Those of you on the East Coast, if you happen to be anywhere near Chapel Hill, North, North Carolina, maybe make the trip down. Watch the BYU women's soccer program in action. In action, excuse me. Man, my voice is struggling today, so I apologize for that, my friends. All right, a couple other notes for you guys. Include Keanu Dawes, a four-star prospect in the upcoming recruiting class with BYU Men's Basketball Program, announced his final six schools that he will be considering and BYU was included among uh, Texas A&M, Texas, Rice, Oklahoma State, and the University of Utah. Uh, Keanu is the nephew of former BYU big man Derek Dawes, and as uh, Vanquish the Foe noted, uh, Keanu said that uh, Derek has always wanted him to go to BYU for, quote, as long as I can remember. Uh, Keanu has grown a lot. He's six foot eight now, but he actually played shooting guard because he wasn't the sh- tallest guy 
growing up. So he's got guard skills in a forward's body. There are, are, are a lot of good things about this young man's play. Like I say, he's a four-star prospect. He's got a lot of attention. He's kind of a late bloomer here, but this would be a huge pickup for BYU. A kid that's playing in a Big 12 country down there in the state of Texas. He uh, grew up at least part of his life here in the state of Utah. He's got familiarity with the BYU football, uh, BYU football, BYU basketball program via his uncle. I think this would be a home run pickup for BYU going into Big 12 play, but they got some stiff competition because when you've got Texas A&M, Texas, Rice is a little bit interesting there. I, I'm not sure what the connection is there. Oklahoma State's uh, blue blood in the Big 12, and then obviously the University of Utah. I believe he's also got some family connections to the Utes as well. So some stiff competition, but I'd love nothing more than for BYU to get the opportunity to win out uh, with uh, Keanu Dawes. Final thing uh, for you guys is obviously uh, call not college football, high school football begins their seasons here in the state of Utah this weekend tonight. I will actually be out calling the Roy at American Fork game. So you want to tune into Game Night Live Rewind on KSLSports.com. You can hear my, my I want to say my dulcet tones, but my voice is not, you obviously hear my voice all the time. I don't call it dulcet tones, but I'll give you my analysis. I'll be having some fun with that, watching American Fork guys like Hunter Clegg playing in that game. Uh, I'm looking forward to that matchup. But there are two games I'm of the opinion of. That if, you, if you want to go watch a game with uh, the most BYU recruits that you possibly can muster. The game, I think, for you is the Lone Peak versus Timview game tonight. Lone Peak, the defending 6A state champions. Uh, Tim View, one of the blue bloods in the state of Utah when it comes to high school football. There are a number of athletes you should be keeping an eye on in that matchup. So if you wanted one game here along the Wasatch Front, if you were like, okay, Jake, where should I go to watch a high school game that involves BYU athletes? I'd go watch uh, Tim View versus Lone Peak. You got guys like Crew McChesney on the Lone Peak side of things. I know he committed to the BYU baseball program. He's a standout wide receiver. Uh, they've also on the on the uh, Tim View side of things. Holy smoke. Spencer Fano, an offensive tackle, a uh, four-star prospect that is older. <clears throat> Well, the brother Logan is currently at BYU. Uh, uh, and then they've also got uh, Moteki Aimunga, a little bit of an underrated athlete there, defensive lineman, six foot three, 250 pounds from Timview. Uh, so, and they got Pokai Honga, also a commit to BYU uh, for Timview. I'm telling you, that game, if you wanted one game where you can watch a number of the future of BYU's football program playing in one single game, that's probably the one to attend. But there are a number of other games out there all across the state. And my plea to you guys, take an interest in high school football. I love it. Uh, trust me, I, I know I'm a little bit unique in that because it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. I call high school football games on the weekends. I spend my Friday nights at various football games around North Utah Valley, South Salt Lake Valley. But... I love it. I would encourage you guys get involved with your local high school. You don't have to have kids in the programs where you live to be involved with it. Go out and support your neighbors. That That's the thing about this. High school football, I know that there are the quote-unquote super teams, uh, Corner Canyon, Bingham, the, the, these powerhouses that seemingly quote-unquote recruit guys. And there is some... I loosely call it recruiting, but there are inducements to get people to go to these various programs. But at the same time, these are young men who are playing football for the love of the game. There are a number of them who are going to have opportunities to play past the high school level. I never played past the high school level. I fondly think back. I'm 35 years old now, folks. I still think back, what, to 17 years ago when I was a 17, no, be more than 17, 18 years ago when I was a 17 year old senior playing my final game for Mountain View High School in Orem against that Timview squad. That had Harvey Unga on the other sideline. Uh, Matt Reynolds is on that team. Stephen Covey, Luke Ashworth, four BYU commits on the other sideline. I still think fondly back on those days playing high school football. 
My plea is, yeah, if you want to go watch a big game, watch Lone Peak Timview. But it doesn't matter. Go out to the high school where you're located and see if they're playing. Or look it up online and see if they're playing at home tonight. Or find a game close to you and go support these high school athletes. The vast majority of them will never suit up beyond this season for those seniors. And they deserve your support if you can muster it. I know that there are other things out there in your lives, obviously, that would slow you down from being able to do that. But if you have the opportunity to do it, get out and support your local athletes at the high school level. It's, it's a ton of fun, folks. I love high school football. It's, it's, it's something that I think is getting lost in the shuffle with the NFL, the professionalization of college football. High school, it's still, for the most part, a lot of guys playing for the love of the game. All right. I'll step off my soapbox now. We'll round it out for today's edition of the podcast. Like I said, if I, if I have some time over the weekend, I may sit down and do a special edition with any news that I pick up from BYU's first scrimmage. But at least Monday, we'll have a full recap for you guys, video, audio, whatever we take away from BYU's first scrimmage. And obviously, as BYU moves closer and closer to game week, we'll get you ready for it as we continue on here. Thank you for making us here on Locked on Cougars once again, your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys now to get over and make your second listen, our friends over the Locked on Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors got you covered top to bottom when it comes to everything going on in the Big 12 Conference. Check that out, free and available, wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for me. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.